Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to me. In the immortal words of James Brown, Ow! I feel good. <laughs> this is probably as good as this is going to get, so you may want to lower your expectation considerably. My goodness. Mary Wall. I did not know that was you back there behind me, rebuking me. My goodness, how wonderful. Is that your daughter? Don't tell me. Who's that? You're not that old. How old are you? Who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> Never mind. Oh, man. I'm trying to hold it together, but... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We've had a little outpouring in Fort Mill, and uh, I've I've got it. <laughs> I've got a different anointing. Um, I'm not sure what it is yet. I've never used it. I'm not kidding. I don't. I haven't. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared myself. You should be. Okay. Uh I might ramble around. I have plenty of notes. I could preach something awesome, but I may not. I might just wander through the realm of the heavens here and see what gets stirred up. I was thinking about the Lord's Prayer, though, a few minutes ago. No, I'm sorry. It was the 23rd Psalm. That was it. But uh, Okay, Lord's Prayer. What I was thinking about, the Lord wasn't thinking about, I guess. So uh, let, me, let me say something about the Lord's Prayer. Okay, uh, I grew up Presbyterian, and uh, went, <laughs> went 52 weeks out of the year, and I probably did that for 16 years. What's 52 times 16, somebody? Yeah. Yeah, like 900. I said the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. 900 times or heard it and never once saw his kingdom come <laughs> in earth <laughs> as it was and is in heaven. Not once. Well, you know, without being insulting, which I'm very capable of doing, Jesus... <laughs> Jesus spoke against vain repetition type prayer. Now that's not to put down people that pray that prayer. It's a very powerful prayer. But there's more to it than just saying it every week. And uh, a couple of weeks ago in the night, <laughs> I felt like the Lord, well, he was talking to me about the Lord's Prayer. And he was saying, Robin, that's a prayer of agreement between you and I. And he taught the disciples saying, Our Father. 
I mean, that's a very simple thing, but something I've never seen in 40 years of saying the Lord's Prayer my own self. <laughs> and uh, when, you read, when you look through the prayer, there are all of these um, profound concepts built into it. Um, except one that um, you will have the potential for being offended when I talk about it, but if you'll just hear me, it will, it will become much more meaningful to you than it may already have been, so sort of bear with my old crude Anglo-Saxon, former Presbyterian, currently Pentecostal, God knows what else in the future being here this morning. But when you look at it, our Father who's in heaven, okay, oh my, our Father who's in heaven, you have, you have to see you have immediate access into the heavens when you pray that. If He's in the heavens and you're praying that to Him and it's a prayer of agreement, it means you have access. That's a huge idea. That's, that's, that's a life-changing concept. Our Father who art in heaven, and then you begin to worship Almighty God, hallowed be your name. And then, then you pray um, what's been being demonstrated at a certain level here this morning. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then you say, give us a sandwich. And then you say, give us this there and any bread. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> Give us a sandwich. Forgive us our debts. Huge. Huge issue. Huge principle. Huge concept. Forgiveness of sins, being forgiven by God as we forgive. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying. Lead us not into temptation. Anybody have any temptation issues? Major concept, temptation. Deliver us from the evil one, big concept. For yours is the kingdom, huge, the power, my goodness, and the glory, which is a tangible, experiential encounter with heaven that few of us know anything about yet. And so right in the middle of it, you've got that, give us a sandwich. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're keen to come. Your will be done. Baloney, please. <laughs> then back to this, you know, no, no, no. And of course you can go, well, you know, we should, we should, uh, we should believe God wants to feed us every day. But, but wait a minute. You just prayed your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven, and you're worried about bread? You ever thought about that? Thirty recognized biblical commentators have different opinions about what give us this day our daily bread means. First of all, the word daily shows up nowhere else in the New Testament shows up almost, it's almost non-existent in the literature of its day. It's as though Jesus 
made the word up. My opinion is as good as anybody's. Maybe better than some, I would imagine. It can be literally translated, give us today tomorrow's bread. When Jesus teaches, take no thought for tomorrow. I don't believe it's about bread. What if we replaced the word bread with stock market? Give us today tomorrow's stock market. Would your investment strategy change? Give us today what we live off of today. Give us today what we live off of today from the future's perspective. Isn't that better than a sandwich? Now, I have completed your Lord's Prayer. Give us today a way to live where nothing tomorrow surprises us, amazes us, conquers us, defeats us, or frightens us. Is that better than a sandwich? I mean, we're going to get food. I don't believe that's the issue. I believe the issue is living today with knowing from this realm wherein we have said, in earth as it is in heaven, in this realm where we have forgiven everyone and are forgiven, in this realm where we honor God, in this realm where the power of the age to come rests upon us and is shockingly marvelous and people are drawn into the realm of the heavens themselves simply because we walked in. Don't get me cocking around up in here. I will. <laughs> I can't. get back up here. Enough about that. How about the twenty-third Psalm? <clears throat> There's this little verse. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Let's say that together. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Let's say that again. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. The, the anointing of God, now, let me just say this. The anointing of God is the most valuable commodity you can have. Now, here's the problem. Mike Bickle said it. To us the other night, he was he was in our church service, and he said there are four hundred thousand churches in America. Let's say that together. Four. Stop right there. Hundred thousand. That's three churches in America. 
Look at the condition of our nation. There are very few churches in America like this church. Now, if you get puffed up, you're going to be in big trouble. But what I'm saying is, there. Now, now, please hear all of this in the context of I'm not putting any other congregation down because I don't feel that way about them. But I am saying this. There are very few congregations who have as um, a high priority the manifest presence and power of God, the gifts of the Spirit. In one chapter, in one section, two chapters, one or two chapters in Corinthians, Paul says, covet or desire earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. Four times he says that. And they are disregarded. They are marginalized. They are despised. Or they are not even believed in in huge segments of those 400,000 congregations. And yet, those are not really gifts as much as they are weapons. And to be thrust into this life with no weapon is like being thrust into Afghanistan as an identified enemy with no weapon whatsoever. How in the world would anyone make it 24 hours in that hostile environment without a weapon? And yet it's going on all over our nation. I have no shame in saying I am a Holy Spirit man. I am a Holy Ghost man. I believe in the presence and power of the Spirit of God. I believe in being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues, not as a badge, but as part of the weapons that I have. I believe in the gift of prophecy. I believe in the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and on and on and on, because these are our weapons. They're not even tools. There's a difference in a sword and a screwdriver. We are not, we're in a battle. We're not in a construction project. Yes. I'm listening. I may be speaking. I'm listening. Now, if you don't have an anointing, get you one. Come on. Come on. Your cup runs over. Your cup runs over. You know, where does all that happen? He, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You are living in, in some real perspective, enemy territory. You need an anointing. You need an impartation. 
You need a holy heartbeat. You need power coursing through your being. You need to quit quibbling and wondering if this is real. Not that you are. I just felt like saying that. <laughs> but you could be. You need to be a Holy Ghost plumber if you're plumbing. You need word of wisdom about what job to take. You need words of knowledge about why this pipe's not working. Whatever employee you're in. You need to be a Holy Ghost person in the marketplace. You need, to, you need to benefit from your inside information. I remember one time with kids playing Little League and uh, we were getting beat. And so I said, I said, got the team together. I said, Lord, bless this team. We want to beat these guys. And somebody said, you shouldn't pray for your Little League team. I said, why? He said, well, it's not fair. <laughs> I said, well, fair? You lost your mind? This was the other coach. You lost your mind? Fair? What's fair got to do with it? It doesn't say in the regulations, age 10 to 12, USDA inspected baseball shoes. Praying's not fair. I pray anyway. Even if it said praying's not fair. I sure. You see, people think the craziest things like you shouldn't uh, have in your life every available strength, power, gift, insight. What's fair got to do with it? Now, you've got to be hungry. You've got to be motivated. Oh, my. You've got to be, uh, you got to want to knock some slow person down if they're standing between you and another touch from God. They'll get healed. Just pick them up. Take them with you, but don't stop. <laughs> oh, Tom Bailey said to me one time, you would knock your grandmother down to get to the presence of God. I said, I would knock your grandmother down. <laughs> I've never knocked a grandmother down yet. I don't plan on it, but, but I'm saying, and that's not right to harm anybody under any circumstances, but that's not the point. The point is how hungry are you? How satisfied are you? Is there more? I mean, some people I pray for, I, I don't pray more. I don't even pray some. I pray, Lord, any. Oh, come on. That was funny. I thought I'd get... You anoint my head with oil. My. My. My cup runs over. Where? In the presence of our enemies. Our nation will prevail if the Spirit-filled church prevails. I mean, God, God bless seeker-sensitive congregations, but that is not me. That is not who I am. That is not the way I'm going. I, I want the presence of God. I want the power of the age to come. I want to alter circumstances and situations by going into them. Now, I'll have to be honest. I don't have uh, all, all that. But I'm after all that. I'm not open to all that. I'm after 
all that. Open does not get it. If you're sitting around being open, you're not going to get anything. A lot of people say this. I've said it as well. Let me, let me say this. Go on vacation. Leave your house open. Two things will happen at least. Stuff you want will be gone. That's what open gets you. Or something will be in there you don't want. But you, you don't, when you think about going to the grocery store, you don't say, well, I'm open. What you going to get? Well, I, don't, I don't know. It's going down there. Something surely will fall in my basket. You, you going to get any uh, tomatoes? Ah, I'm open. What you going to get? Oh, I don't, whatever. I'm open, man. You know, if God doesn't put something in my basket, I guess he doesn't want me to have anything in my basket. Because I'm... No, you're dumb. <laughs> Byron does not have to endorse me. He can fix me, correct me, rebuke me, whatever he wants. But come on. Why, why do we apply... Why do we not apply in the spiritual life what we live by every day? Or here's another good one. I don't understand what's going on. Therefore, I will not participate. How's that electronic ignition work on your heating system? Do you get that? How many fuses are there in there and resistors and Boscon bendulators? No, no, that's hypocritical. Here's what you do. You walk over. Ooh, got a little chill. It's 20 outside. You didn't understand. You just knew what to do. You just knew where to get the heat. I'm not going to drive this car until I understand how the hydraulic system works. I'm not going to turn on my air conditioning until I understand what Freon is it. R16, R22, or something entirely different. I refuse to cool off until I know. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Did you forget that warm, fuzzy feeling you had before I started? <laughs> I'm a great guy. You'll be good. Oh, you anoint my head with oil. My cup does what? It's got to run over to be effective. You know, see where this one is here. Uh, Psalm 116. Let's read this verse. It's talking about the cup. I will take up the cup of salvation. Why? Why would you take up a cup? I can't imagine why one would have a cup. What might that cup represent? The cup of what in Psalm 116? Salvation. How would... Okay. 
Byron's over there texting somebody complaining about the message. If, if salvation comes in the form of a cup of it, how would you partake of it? Drink. You would drink it. A cup of what? Salvation. I'm getting just in time. I will do what? Look at the cup of salvation. No, take it up. Lay hold of it. But don't just lay hold of it. Drink you some. Drink you some. I can find very little how-to in the New Testament. I, I can find a lot of, you better not be this and you better be that. But when you come down to how-to, there's really, in, in certain regards, not much to it. How do you move in the gift of prophecy? Goosebump, get up and scream. That's where you try, usually start trying to figure out how to do it. How-to. But when it comes to eternal life, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. I will take up the cup of salvation. I'll drink me some. I'll get me some. I'll drink some of it. I will drink my way into savedness on a continual basis. How do you get saved? You believe. What is believing? Believing is a breathing in of reality with assent and affirmation. A lot of people don't know how to drink. I, I am a huge proponent, I've said this before in this place, I'm a huge proponent of spiritual intoxication. I really believe everybody, regardless of um, race, creed, or color, should on a regular basis drink that new wine. It's a saving beverage. It's the cup of saving, savingness, being saved, of salvation. Jesus himself would say, here's the way this works, which would indicate to me, here's what he himself did. If anyone is thirsty, let him come unto the international Distributor of. I, I, I can give you some when he gives me some. But he always has some. Oh, I'm just tangentially considering things. Uh, in uh, <laughs> At the wedding at Cana. Why, why? First of all, why did Jesus turn water into wine? His mother made him. His mother made him. I don't want other people's explanations during my message. Listen to mine and we'll talk later. His mother made him. Read the text. Jesus said, I'm not going to do it. She said in her heart, oh, yes, you are. So much so that she said, whatever he tells you about this, you go do it. She made him. She, she didn't even ask him. She said, they don't have any wine. That's like, 
my mama saying to me, the trash can's full. <laughs> Jesus said, woman? I can't say seeing woman to my mama. But he was the son of God, you know. I mean, read the text. What else is it? You can make that sound nice. It's not nice. There's conflict in the room. Jesus turned water into wine. Woman, my time has not come. What is he saying? Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. But there was something in her that was saying, is going to happen. Is going to happen. Is going to happen. Is going to happen. The first thing she said to Jesus was, the wine has failed. Let me say this. The wine will always fail. The outpouring of the Spirit will always stop. Why? So we'll go back to Jesus and get some more. It's a test. It's not the end of your church. It's not necessarily sin in the camp. It's the way it works. It's the way it works. You guys, I've watched this church for a number of years. you got these ebbs and flows. Everybody's really happy when you're in the... And then they go, oh, I knew it. And then faith rises. Oh, maybe not. It was okay. After all. <laughs> and then right down the sloth. Looks like waves. Sound comes in waves. Spirit comes in waves. Ocean comes in waves. Waves are part of our human condition. They ebb and they flow, but listen, ladies and gentlemen, they will not stop. If you want them to keep going, you just press in. You keep staying hungry. You keep being thirsty. You keep picking up that cup of salvation. You keep having another drink. You keep getting healed of your cancer. You keep getting your knees Man. I will take up the cup of salvation. What a positive affirmation. What's going to happen to you? Everything's going wrong. I will take up the cup of salvation. I'll just drink my way right through this. Oh, my. Oh, my. Don't get me started. Over. <laughs> oh, you go to a funeral. How many have ever been to a funeral? Too many. Too many. But it's a natural part of life. But you probably heard this. God is our refuge and strength. May you be comforted by these words. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though it waters roar and trouble, though the mountains shake with its swelling, and then they stop. They stop there. You're just supposed to not be afraid. But you're going, what? I am. You're supposed to not be heartbroken. But I am. They're dead. I miss them. Too soon, too long, too early, too hard. I 
miss them. That's not helping. But the next verse says, there's a river. Whose streams shall make glad the city of our God. Oh, the holy place of the tabernacle most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her at the break of dawn. Oh, my God. Can you not see what the Lord's saying? Yes, I will help you. Pick up the cup of salvation. Have a drink. Take a drink. Drink of me. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You can drink your way through sorrow, through heartache, depression, oppression, calamity, confusion, and maybe not even notice it went on. Now, in the natural, I have seen drunk people tear up their car, beat the dog out of everybody else in the car, and walk out and wonder, what happened? <laughs> now, that's a terrible tragedy in a sense, but it's a perfect picture of the man or the woman so in touch with God that he began to believe the Scripture, nothing shall by any means harm them. Nothing. 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 I pre-jerked. Oh, my. Oh, my. Living water. <laughs> Living water. Liberal Jesus. Jesus is a liberal. Liberal Jesus. <laughs> liberal Jesus. Jesus is liberal. Liberal Jesus. He's liberal. Liberal Jesus. I didn't say Democrat Jesus. Nor Republican Jesus. I said Jesus is a liberal. <laughs> this is almost getting ready to make sense. <laughs> Living water is spiritual wine. I could prove that seven ways from Sunday. I had my wits about me. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Then he said, whoever drinks of the water I give him will become a fountain of water springing up. Then you can read in, I think it's Psalm 36 and so many places in the scripture that that's an intoxicating fountain. Actually, one of the Psalms, the Hebrew, I mean the Syriac, the Septuagint, the Chaldaic, the Ethiopic texts say they shall be made drunk from having drunk from that fountain, which comes, which, which produces that river of life, which is that living water. It's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. It can transform. It can change. It can heal. It can uh, help you recover everything you've lost. It can give you a new view viewpoint on life. It can give you a new start. If you're, if you're dead in trespasses and sins, it can help you be born again. It can baptize you in the power of the Almighty One. And, and, and 
You know, we got Todd Bentley down there cranking it up again, and people are all mad, and we don't care. We just don't care. I mean, some concept is if you get divorced or remarried, your remarriage is the act of living in adultery. People believe that. But these pastors that do, they don't go through their church and interview every single person in there. They would lose 50% of the people in their church. But they can complain about a guy that messed up, admitted he messed up, and God wants to restore. And then you look at one of the first evangelists in the New Testament was a woman. You two stand up a second. It's going to be awesome. You'll never get over it. This is a man... Nice, nice looking man. Where'd you get that term? Oh, no. <laughs> this is a woman. You may be seated. <laughs> when Jesus was in Samaria and met that woman at the well, she became the first evangelist who had a revival anointing on her. The only problem was she was the wrong gender, had the wrong theology, worshipped at the wrong mountain, asked Jesus the wrong question. To Jesus' question gave him the wrong answer. This goes over real good in some churches. Real good. What was wrong with her? Wrong gender, wrong race, wrong understanding, wrong morality, asked the wrong question, gave the wrong answer, wrong theology, drunken from the wrong well. What you have going for her? She was wrong. Met Jesus, drank the right water. Drank from the cup of salvation. Man, man. You might be wrong, but anybody in this room is wrong as she was. I don't think if you are, you should do what she did. (laughs) How about Ephesians 6.10? Be strong in the Lord. How many of you want to be strong in the Lord? Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God. Whack the devil. <laughs> Bing. Helmet of salvation. Let's say that together. Be strong in the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 The joy of the Lord is your strength. You want joy. <laughs> you got to take a drink. You drink. You drink from that fountain. You drink from that well. The cup. See, Jesus compared drinking from a cup with an experience. Uh, the sons of Zebedee wanted to sit in the highest place. They said, uh, sent their mom over. You got to appreciate that. See what you can do, Mom. 
My boys want the high seat. Can they have it? Well, can they drink from the cup? And they said, yeah. And he said, well, you will drink that cup, but you ain't getting that seat. In other words, he compared drinking from a cup as an experience, as something to go through. Now, that was a scary cup. That was um, death of Jesus, confusion cup. That was a dream and aspiration, hopes died cup. That was a through the fire cup. That was a Peter denying the Lord cup. That was the apostles running away from Jesus uh, for self-preservation cup. But then in Acts chapter 2, they had another cup. And the difference in making it now and not making it is if you drink that second cup. The first cup you will go through whether you like it or not. In this world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. How? Drink what I have for you. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Be inundated. Be saturated. Do not let anyone push you away from drinking from that cup of the Lord which will transform you, which will enable you to do things you could never, ever do before. It will shake cities when it's drunk full. It will shake nations. It will shake centuries. Centuries. Listen, this is not a post-Christian nation. This is a pre-Christian nation. Drink. Have a sip. Jump in the river. Go swimming. Swim your way through heartache. Drink your way through problems. And be responsible. (laughs) Do the right thing. Come on. But how can you do the right thing when the wrong thing is the order of the day? You have to be in touch with another realm that has so affected you internally that they can't make you lie. They can't make you cheat. They can't run you off with four bulldogs and a bullwhip. Here's a good one. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Have a good drink of God. Drink some God. Any man's thirsty. Oh my, my, my. We have just begun. We're just getting started good. Oh, we're going to, in these coming days, we're going to stare disappointment and sorrow in the face and laugh. I can remember years ago. Man, you have no idea. Some people here do have an idea. I tried everything in the world to find my ministry. I am 59 years old, and it's just starting. But man, I tried hard. 
<laughs> I weathered the scorn of my parents and, and my mother's, God rest her soul, wonderful woman, but her sort of elitist, aristocratic family. I was taken out of wills because they were concerned about what I might do with the money if I got it, which would be give it to the wrong people. I've, I've been to family reunions where there were more people in our choir than in the churches of my pastor relatives, and yet they wouldn't even consider me a pastor because I'd never gone to seminary. They said, what do you do? I'm a pastor. 500 families were in the church. Now, I didn't get them all there. Rick got a lot of them there, but I was part of that. But I pastored that. 500 families. And, and, and they would say, what do you do? I said, I pastor. Where'd you go to seminary? Well, I didn't go. Well, then you can't be a pastor. I said, okay. I would go to relatives' funerals and they might let me say something outside in the graveyard. That's where they were comfortable with me. But inside the facility, God bless them, I'm not upset. I'm just telling you, you go through stuff. You go through. I would be in there and all I had to do during the funeral was count the pipes on the organ. 35, 36 times, so forth. 37, 38. And I would fail. I would fall. I would fall flat on my face. I would do the wrong thing. I would make wrong decisions, wrong choices. Come back to dead center. Try to go again. Until finally one day I could do nothing but cry. That's all I had left. I had no more resource. I had no more vision. I had no more faith. I did not know what to do. I was done. I had given everything I could to fulfill what God had called me to do. And all I could do was weep. And as I wept, when it was so hard when I inhaled, I could hear the devil laughing at me. He was laughing. He was saying, I've got you right where I want you. You're a failure. You're at the end. All your hopes of apostolic, prophetic, power, healing is gone. And here you sit. Pitiful, pitiful you. Until I found out you could drink. Let me tell you who's laughing now. Oh, listen, he keeps coming. He came back to me the other morning, smooth. And this is what he said. You've never been celebrated. You're not appreciated. And I said, that's right. Then I thought, wait a minute. I'll see where this is going. And I said, <laughs> I said, oh, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. I've been there before. I went with you one time. I'm not going back. You're going to find some fool. You're not going to get me. 
I do not put this hand on a hot store, a stove element anymore. When he comes to you looking for your weakness, looking for your complaint, looking for your self-pity, wooing you into this pond, uh, a slew of despond and depression, you got to say, oh, oh, no, you've got the wrong guy. Every January, every birthday month. I, last week I got feeling so funny. I thought, why am I feeling this way? God's moving. I'm, I'm having, in some regards, just the time of my life. My wife's beautiful. She still likes me. I got great kids. I'm not broke. I got two new suits on the way. And then I remembered. Every January, the enemy tries to put me in a depression. But I forget until it starts again. I thought of it this morning driving up the highway. I thought, ah, yes. The reason he's trying to make me depressed is because I'm not. <laughs> He brought me the document, wanted me to sign. I'm depressed. But I thought, there must be some confusion. This is not for me. Got the wrong guy. I'm filled with power. I have insight, revelation. My head's anointed. My cup runs over. I take up the cup of salvation. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Is there um, there any widows in here today? How about standing up? If you're a widow, I believe the Lord wants to bless you. Let me pray. Yeah, I believe the Lord's identifying that. I just got a little nudge. Lord, we ask for, is there two or three? Three? I didn't know if you were just standing with her. Okay, lay hands on these people. We're going to... This is what's going to happen for you today. Your life's going to change today because we're going to pray. First of all, I break off the curse. I break off any curse that has, for whatever reason, come your way. I break off the lie of the enemy that says your unworthiness has somehow brought upon you these things. And I release by faith the wealth of heaven and I declare over the three of you, no, you're not depressed. No, don't sign up. No. And we ask for those physical conditions to be reversed right now in the name of Jesus. I think there might be some female problems going on there. I don't know, but I've just got that sense. We just release Healing balm in the name of Jesus. We release healing balm. 
we release a new portion of the joy of the Lord and the confidence of our God. For no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that has risen up against you in judgment you shall condemn. For this is your inheritance. This is your heritage as a servant of the Lord. And though you have been mocked, though you have been despised, though you have been passed over, you have not been mocked by your God. You have not been despised by your God. And you shall surely not be forsaken by your God. For the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. And if there is any bankruptcy or hint of bankruptcy, know for a surety the Lord really is your portion. Know for a surety the Lord really is your provision. And so we break off fear for provision. We break off fear for finances. And this day we set in motion a new pathway, new opportunities, new blessings, new vision. And surely the trust of the Lord shall be the portion of your heart. Ha. 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 Oh. Oh. Ha. Ha. Oh. 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 Oh, feel the fire. Some of you feel that fire burn. You got that fire burning. How many of you got that fire burning down low? How many of you got that? How many of you got that fire burning down low? Get up if you got that fire. You feeling that fire inside, that fire somewhere between your navel and your chin. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up, fire burn. Fire burn. Fire burn. Fire burn. <laughs> More. 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 That's the touch of God. That's an impartation for healing gifts. That's the touch of God. That's an impartation for miracles. That's the touch of God. That's an impartation for faith. Oh. Oh. Oh, yes. 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 The best. Oh, hear my voice. Hear my voice. The best is yet to come. For Jim and Kathy Hill, I prophesy prosperity and blessing and benefit. I prophesy major breakthroughs in that nation where you're going. I prophesy people will bend over backwards in that area and bring you forth and draw you up. They shall give you houses. They shall give you lands. They shall give you garments. They shall give you automobiles. They shall take you out to eat. They shall take you deep sea fishing. They shall take you many, many places. And I cancel the assignment of the enemy, the canker, that thing to choose from the inside. I say, your lease is up. No more. No more. No more. No more. And I command the blessing of God on your children and on your children's children. And I say their destinies have not been 
thwarted. They have yet to walk in what you shall see them walk in. And here's what you'll do. You will scratch your head and say, how in the world did that happen? Oh, 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 Marlon, your voice is yet to be heard. Hang in. Stay in. Keep drinking. Keep developing. For many young shall hear your voice. Many young shall watch your life. And they will go, I want to be like Marlon. I want to be like Marlon. So be careful about how you are. Be careful. Be careful. Oh, 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 Moriabas. Mando and the Lord said, soon, soon. And they said, how, how? And the Lord said, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> My daddy taking me on vacation. I wouldn't say, how are we going to get down there, Daddy? Do you know where Turner is? Where Turner is? Where, where do you, he says, son, just get in the back seat and be quiet. <laughs> I know where we're going. Just don't get out of earshot. <laughs> oh, and there's my friend Charles. <sighs> I've heard what the evil one has said to you. And it's I prophesy over you too that the best is yet to come. You, oh my, you are going to see things, you are going to do things that internally you had concluded, man, there's no way I can ever deal or do that thing. I am a perfect example of someone who has been so battered, so bruised, so beaten, so demoralized, I have literally been places where I couldn't talk because I was so beat up. My mind was so full of confusion. And the enemy really would whisper to me, you are just not going to do good. You're not going to make it. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am walking in some high places I am operating at an amazing level. It's because of the Spirit of my God. It has nothing, nothing, or very little to do with me. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Oh, I bless the name of the Lord. Oh, Ronnie, 
Mamanda Namandia de Bobocotisa Parias. Ho! Holy One! Holy One and the Just One! The One who never fails! Ho! Ha! Ho! Ho! Yes! Yes! Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Yes! Yes! Oh! 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 Yes! Yes! My! My! Praise comes in some very unique forms. You can just think of God and go, Oh! My! My! I have been to the mountain. I've seen the other side. No, it is not that we win. We won! We won! Or Jesus died in vain. Oh, but that's not so. We shall, he shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And satisfied in Old Testament terms means fully inebriated. Where do you think this wine comes from? Ladies and gentlemen, it comes from the throne of God. They drink it up there all the time. It's their normal state of existence. Where do you think it comes from? This isn't some goofball Pentecostal concept. This is heavenly reality. Oh, the great apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost when he had taken a little drink from that heavenly flow he said uh, these are not drunk as you suppose it's too early you, you, anyone in a non-inebriated state would defend a preacher's from drunkenness, alcoholic drunkenness, based on their character. Not the time of day. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, Peter said. How could they be drunk? It's not 5 in the afternoon. It's not 6 at night. It's not 2 in the morning where they've been out all night nipping and reading Scriptures. Uh, no, he was already drunk. He drank his way right out of that terrible thing with Jesus where he with oaths and curses denied him. Oh, oh. Uh, you all right? Uh, 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 that's good. Uh, oh, uh, oh, if I be beside myself, it is to God. The Apostle Paul would say, the smartest genius of his day would get so filled with God, you wouldn't know what he was talking about. But you knew it was coming from heaven because the reach of the residue, the fragrance, the power, the anointing, the juice was on those words. Oh, take a drink. You're looking at the two most unlikely to succeed preachers you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) 
I have close personal spiritual friends. When they first met me, they thought, this guy's not going to make it. But the one they thought was going to make it didn't make it. And poor dumb me. Look at me, mama. Look at me now. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> One thing we wanted to do was uh, receive an offering for Robin. It's his birthday, so we might give him a little extra for his birthday. How about that? Amen. So where's Brett and them at? There you go. Y'all come out here. Let's do this. That was good, wasn't it? It was good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That was awesome.